Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Welcome to the Mark Williams Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I've already had the jokes pointed out to me constantly. You put out a couple of tweets praising Mark Williams and all of a sudden you're the guy. Before Flounder even leaves the Planet Kia Studios. Hey Walker. Who's your favorite player between P.J. Washington and Mark Williams? That's just how it is, man. But I'm a happy guy. I got to see the Hornets win last night. They beat the Atlanta Hawks 116-110. to 110. Mm-hmm. Fiddy is sporting the teal Hornets hat today because he's such a big Charlotte Hornets fan. And I will not hear anything other than him wearing that hat because he is a big Hornets fan. Wes, how are you feeling after the Hornets win? Yeah, man, it was a pretty good game. And with the Hornets coming out, getting a victory, the biggest thing I was happy about is the same thing that you are happy about. I did not tweet out during the game. I watched the entire game. And uh, I was excited about Mark Williams, just like you were, and has been singing his praises so far. All right, so because we got a Hornets victory and we didn't do War Cry Wednesday yesterday. I was thinking about this, too. This is why we're co-hosts together, because we think the same thing. You mean, you mean, Fiddy's been saying we've been in sync the whole time, too. I then made the Fiddy joke saying, are you sure we haven't been backstreak the whole time? But no, he's saying we're in sync. So this is what we should do on Thursday to make up for what happened yesterday. We were out at the Hilton Uptown. I wanted to do it, but I forgot about it. And then even if I would have remembered, I don't know if I would have been too scared to do a war cry in front of everybody. <laughs> we should have done it. Though. Because it would have been, been in front of Tony Bennett's face. <laughs> I mean, Tony Bennett joined us right at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And I don't know if we would have scared him. And we were talking about it, too. Tony Bennett, aggressively nice guy. Yeah. So I didn't want to just yell at him at when we started the show. I know what he would have said. I've been around him enough, interviewed him enough to know what he would have said. What would he have said? He would have said, gosh, you guys are pretty excited this, this morning, <laughs> this afternoon, huh? Enthusiastic. That's what he would have said. All right. So it's Thursday. We don't need alliteration here. It's just going to be a war cry Thursday. We're going to count down. I'm getting a weird vibe from Fiddy right now. I'm hoping it comes back and we get the jubilant Fiddy that we got yesterday during his favorite day. But let's bring it on. All right. Here we go. War cry Thursday at the count of three. One, two, three. Get off the bus, Fiddy! Open up the doors! Open the damn door! Get off the bus. <laughs> I got something to say. That's how you know you're ready to play when you yell at stuff like that. You sound like an angry dad that's about to ground his son, but his son won't let him in <laughs> the bedroom. That too. That too. Open the damn door! <laughs> you're in trouble! That's the first one, and if it doesn't happen after that, I'm kicking it in here like then, SWAT. Then you're breaking it down. That's then right. you're breaking it down. Yeah, Coach Jeff, no, you are right to call us on our hypocrisy. Coach Jeff writes in, you guys ask us to war cry in front of our bosses. Just you know saying. What? It's it's true. We, we wear the hypocrisy. Next time we're at a remote, 
I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but next time we'll do the War Cry Wednesday. We will. That, that, that is a pact that we will make because he did bring a fair point to the table. No, you did. Coach Jeff, you called us on it, and you know what? We have to accept that. All right, let's talk about the Charlotte <laughs> Hornets. They win. They beat the Atlanta Hawks in their opener. They win 116-110. to 110. Wes, I've already talked about Mark Williams. I'll, let's go back and forth with our top two, top three storylines from this game. Fiddy, I know you were in attendance. If you want to join in as well, we can get your top storylines. I'll start with Mark, and I, I think you could go a couple of different ways. The reason I'm going with Mark, this guy plays a position that the Hornets have not had a good one at in like 10 to 15 years or somebody of this level. He's in his second season. If you want to talk about overall games he's played in, you haven't even played 82 games yet if you wanted to just go by total volume still, quote-unquote, a rookie, right? There isn't even a part of the rotation last year until December 26th, and then he plays meaningful minutes, actually gets hurt, has the thumb injury, comes back, still makes a big impact, and then this offseason, he's in the weight room, he's getting stronger, he's welcoming contact, he's challenging everything at the rim, He's grabbing 15 rebounds. That's some we don't we don't have a consistent double-digit rebounder on this team if you go back the last 10, 15 years. Mark mm-hmm. is here to do that now. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, if they get in the paint, they're scared to death to let that thing fly because Mark Williams just might catch your shot. It was a steal. It was technically a block, a rebound. I think he got a block, a rebound, and a steal all on one play against Trey Young. And DeJounte and Trey had awful games from the field. Plenty of nice storylines to get to. Mark Williams, man, the truth down low, and we get to see what he is going to provide this organization for a long time. That's my main takeaway. Yeah, no question about it, man. And that's the thing you looked at about this defense, and you said, man, it it was something that Hornets fans were looking for for so long, and he really had such an impact on the game when he goes up and cuffs Trey Young's floater. That was a tremendous play. And those are plays where you send messages to let guys know because guys are going to test you. It's the NBA. Of course, he's going to get dunked on. Of course, guys are going to make shots over him. But at the end of the day, uh, he definitely helped the Hornets in that second half for that comeback. Held Atlanta to 44% from the field in the second half. 23% from three. This team did. So this team was on it. They knew the assignment out-rebounded Atlanta by 11 in the second half. So you love that. Mark Williams definitely contributed. There was seven big rebounds in the second half. So he was tremendous. And so I think that he's giving the Hornets definitely the defensive anchor that they've been looking for, uh, that they've needed for quite some time. And the draft pick looks like it's working out. He can also get you buckets as well. Yeah, how about that pass to Brandon? Yeah, he had a couple of scores. And then, as you said, Brandon Miller. That's another storyline I'm looking at. You want to roll with that one? Yeah, some of the big shots that he had. Ten points in the second half. Shot four of eight, two of six from three. Love that. But the thing was, when the game was in peril, he hit some big shots. And so, you love that. So, I won't take all of the storylines. You can chime in with yours. Well, damn, Eight Mile. (laughs) No, that's true. No, you're right. I'm usually the one. That is. Talk about more hypocrisy. We'll go tit for tat like Styles and Jada. Um, no, Brandon Miller, a, a, a really big takeaway here. So in the first, what, two, three quarters, maybe even, there wasn't a lot of great or bad to point to Brandon Miller. Just borderline non-factor. Did hit a three, his first ever three. Deep three from the wing, by the way. So that was nice to see his first ever field goal attempt go in. And despite the low release, he's able to counteract that by just, all right, I'll just take a step 
further back and I'm just going to drain it in your face. Nice job there. Rough night shooting for a little while and then he goes on the eight point run, Wes. And this was the moment when it mattered. This was winning time and the Hornets needed every single one of these points. How about with my area of concern creating space, he was able to hit the step back in the corner. He also hits the three coming across the top of the key when there's a kick out. It's exactly how we thought he would contribute in year one. And then Mark Williams finds him on a nice cut baseline. Two nice plays. Brandon Miller cutting baseline. One was LaMelo Alley. The other one was Mark Williams being in a little trouble at the corner or at the elbow, I should say. But then Mark finds Brandon on the cut. Great bounce pass. Easy bucket. It just feels like Brandon Miller is a really smart basketball player that is not going to hurt you like a lot of rookies do, even if you think there's star potential. Brandon Miller's not going to hurt you this season. He's going to come in. You're hoping for him to hit those open shots. You're hoping for him to at least hit 36% from three. Certainly could be better than that this year. Remember, one of the threes he missed, it was a last-second quarter heave, so I'm not even going to count that against him. Smart IQ guy. Not going to help you off the dribble as much this year. He's just not. And I, But no, tur- only one turnover, that was certainly a nice sign from what we saw in the preseason. Just This is going to be someone that helps you right away, and there's going to be room to grow for him to be a superstar. Got to like what you got from Brandon, specifically in the fourth quarter. And the thing I'll say, too, is that um, the Paul George comparison, I see it. I really do. The smoothness. Uh, oh, he's the, smooth. But the way he can explode going to the rack. He's got the, the the athleticism that you look for because he's going to have some moments this year where he's going to catch some bodies. He's going to be a bone collector this year, I feel like, catching some bodies on people because that's the thing, man. You see what a lot of these guys these days, they don't – you don't see a lot of the, the, the dunks on defenders like that, like the facials and, and things like that. saw from Malik Monk last night. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Whew. But uh, Brandon Miller, he's looking for it, and he's not backing down from it. But another storyline I saw – with LaMelo, you know, if you had to, to, to take a couple of negatives away. Just with LaMelo, I know he didn't shoot the ball well. Whatever, that happened. But the 11 three-point attempts to 15 total field goals, still having trouble finishing at the rim because he had the one where I think he split the double team and then he goes up and he missed that yes. layup. Yes, shoots and, it from his hip, Wes. Yeah, and, and that leads it to just – I know he loves the hoop and I know that's what he does all the time, but – it's like, man, like, Melo, when are you going to get in the weight room? Body still looking the same. You know what I'm saying? And then, as I said, the discrepancy of total field goals to three-point attempts, that's something you want to see improve. But yet still, 10 assists, three turnovers. He did what was needed uh, for the team to win. And then also your boy P.J. Washington. And that's the thing to look for, man. Can he stay consistent? Not necessarily giving you 25 points a night. But just is he going to be a guy that you can steadily lean on to get buckets when need be? 12 of 18 from the field, 25 points. Didn't shoot well from three, but that's just the thing with him is, are you going to be able to get consistent offensive performances where he's efficient and he can hit shots when you need him? Well, how about in the preseason? So let's touch on both of those things. For PJ, in the preseason, I joked around on giving him the all-rusty award where it was just basically a a brown, chippy hunk of metal that he gets for clanging as many shots as he did in the preseason. Was not very good when it came to his shot making. One very good from the three-point line, as you said, and yet still overall impacting the game in a big way offensively. Making, I mean, was it every single one of his two-point field goals that he took? Dunking on dudes, having nice moves. The floater was working for P.J. Did have a step-back fader from like 15 feet out. 
I thought PJ was awesome. And you know what? I thought it was more suited for his role. This is somebody that had to have a lot of volume last year. Shot 18 field goals, but it looked like the kind of sustainability that you would want to come from PJ's game. It's not, all right, we got out of that one alive where he had to put the ball on the deck a ton, drive, create for himself, shoot a bunch of threes. He was getting fed. He was within 15 feet or less, hitting some easier shots, hitting that floater that he got so good at last year. Love what we got from P.J. Washington, even without him hitting the three. You want to see him hit it more, but even without that, he proved that you could rely on him. LaMelo. LaMelo wasn't very good. Yeah. Just all around. I don't... LaMelo shooting wasn't really working for him. He did have 10 assists. I think there was some playmaking, but also didn't look nearly as in control. If you go back, though, to Steve Clifford's press conference last night, me and Smoke and Jaleel doing the Hornets post game, we were all in the Planet Kia studios. And when Steve Clifford said that you got to remember, LaMelo has only been cleared for over a month now. We all kind of looked at each other. Wait, that was not shared. That was not previously known information that he had only been cleared for about that length of time. And so, yeah, you might be right to defend him because it is going to take a little while to knock off all that rust. You think about it. LaMelo got hurt when? Like March? Like, was it a little bit early March? Something like that. I forget exactly what the month was, but only being cleared after March, April, May, June, July, August, you start to count up the months quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I do think, one, I like Steve Clifford defending his superstar. I like that relationship between my best player and my head coach. But also, he might be right, man. I, so, hopefully it's not too long before we get pristine LaMelo and we can get that as soon as possible. But he didn't look very good. Fiddy, I saw you make a face. Why did you make a face? Were you uh-huh. talking about the text message or were you talking about my take that LaMelo just didn't look very good last night? I thought, all things considered, you look at the box score, it's not pretty. Do they win the game without his start to the third quarter? I don't know. You no, know, he had a couple of shots yeah. that really helped him for sure. You know, and then I, I thought he was as as responsible for the way they started the third. They, I mean, they outscored Atlanta 27-21. They came out and blitzed them right out of the gate. I thought it was a big reason why, because I thought he took the right three-pointers. His passing was creating offense for others, and he was being active defensively. I know the the 11 of the 15 shots from three isn't what you want to see. There were maybe two shots he took, and I was like, I don't like that particular three. I thought I thought the shot selection will warrant a better field goal percentage as the season moves along. Well, and, you know, if it really is the injury that's keeping him from attacking as much inside, he took four two-point field goals last night, and a couple of the times that he tried to get to the rack – He didn't go up strong, Wes. There are the times you mentioned split the double team and shoots it from his hip. In contrast, you see Terry Rozier. When you see this team refusing to attack, and that was happening for a little while last night, especially in the second quarter, bad lineup. You were going with the bench quite a bit. I get it. But Terry Rozier was like, all right, we need a grown-up to just do the efficient thing. And what Terry Rozier did, excuse me, Terry Rozier did, tip of the cap to him, man. I mean, 12 free throw attempts. Eight out of the 12 he hit, 24 points. Three ball wasn't working great for him, two of seven, but he was seven of 16 from the field just because he was in attack mode. And sometimes you want to see that with LaMelo, take it up strong, two hands, and not shoot the left-handed, you know, twist shot, stuff like that. That's the stuff that you want to see get fixed. If LaMelo's going to take it to this all-star, consistent all-star level and superstar level, that's what you want to see. So I I hope that he can get there. 
crazy talented. I think he's going to get there at some point, even if it's just little by little. But it didn't happen last night. Final thoughts? Last thing, I think you got to be encouraged. They overcame 19 turnovers, and how many missed free throws? Well, and the turnovers were awful. You're right about like, that. Like, that was a game, that, the way they played last night, they lose that game last year. So the, the way they competed, they never gave in after Atlanta built a, a double-digit lead. There's a lot to build off of. I know it's a marathon season, but last night – you you set the foundation of how you can be a competitive team and what's going to be a tough Eastern Conference. And then my last takeaway is just, you know, Melo, do better on Twitter. I mean, his response to Anthony Edwards' <laughs> shoe commercial, it was just cringeworthy. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you're the face of the franchise. You're that guy. Kids read and, and take in everything that you do. Let's do better, man. In words, in tweets and stuff is not cutting it that that's not what i want to see from the franchise player of this team all right so those are our takeaways yeah. from lamello i get to work pj I, I know you probably are already from mark williams um let's continue <laughs> to talk a little more about brandon miller and compare him to the other alabama rookie in this town how about bryce young is the city in good hands with both their nba franchise and their nfl franchise we talk about it coming up next it's weston walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We are riding a Hornets high on Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got a couple texts I want to read. You can send them in as well. 704-570-9610. Logo 704 writes in, mid-range Washington. Yeah, killing it from a couple steps inside the three-point line last night. You had something that you wanted to say already, Fiddy, as I bring up PJ. I thought I thought his shot selection, once he knew the three-pointer wasn't there, he found other ways to get involved and create offense for himself and for others. Now do it again on Friday, mm-hmm. and then on the third game, yep. and the fourth game. You're not wrong. This is the thing. We know he can do that. He led all scores last night in the game that Trey Young was on the same court. How do you follow that up moving forward? I think 18 field. Although, man, he was taking a lot of shots in the preseason, too. I'm not going to lie. I, I He's going to replace Kelly Oubre, baby. Yeah, and then he'll let it fly. I don't think the field goal attempts are going to be at 18 every game, or even 15. But if, if he's just going to be fed in advantageous situations like it was last night, this is going to be fantastic. And by the way, the whole cap thing, the cap's only going to go up as we look at the percentage of the cap. If Zeke Naji is making $11 million for Denver, a championship team, Walker. this contract is going to be very good. Fiddy, if you're about to say a comment that tells me you don't know how to talk about the NBA cap without telling me how to talk about the NBA cap, go ahead. Go ahead, say something. I was just going to say, look, we know all these players are overpaid to play a game. All His right. contract, he's still overpaid for what he does. All right, we'll move on. We all almost right. ended on something good. <laughs> Did you see Gastown Bracey? He said uh, LaVar spoke 
out against Melo's current management on Vlad TV. I had no clue that LaVar was on Vlad TV. I know what I'll be watching later. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> that gas house LeVar bracing. on Vlad TV is going to be golden. I can't wait. I don't even know what Vlad TV is. I think I do. What? No, Walker. I do. I think I do. It's the number one hip hop vlog out there. Like everybody mm. talks on just, Vlad. Just, just like, Vlad the is over. like the guy. When when Fitty tries to <laughs> right. take right. my card away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, I I'm not. I feel uncomfortable even saying I have a card, and then Fitty feels so comfortable to tell me to go give it up to him. <laughs> Wes, please mediate this because it's a problem. Yeah, you know, Fitty's <laughs> definitely gonna be the guy that's gonna jump in anytime he can. Fitty would be a great tag team partner and a great heel if we were in wrestling because he's gonna be the guy that, uh, you know, he's gonna beg. For you not to hit him or slam him or whatever it is, and he's gonna act defenseless, and yeah. then I come in and handle business, and then he's gonna come back in right. and get his licks in <laughs> after I handle business. Um, Fitty, <laughs> God bless you. It's <laughs> a great drop. It I is. love it. All right, seven oh four writes in. Loved PJ putting Trey on his ass and then dunking it last night. Had a couple of uh, leap moments from PJ. He did. I promise I'm not trying to just pick out the PJ tags. We'll move on. Uh, here's mm. one from B Money Walker. How about Nick Richards? I thought he played well. Too. Two, the perfect backup for Mark. Yeah, he played them a lot. It did, man. The Hornets definitely have the bigs that they've been looking for, man. I, th- I think they are well stocked at center. Um, eighteen minutes for Nick Richards. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought he showed some nice energy. I have no problem with him coming off of the bench. And I I don't mean to stay on this topic, Fiddy. There have been some pretty like what I think are benign things that just get like such a big reaction from you over there. And I'm so curious as to why Nick Richards just made you put your hand over your face. What happened with Nick Richards that made you react that way? I just don't want to come across as a hater. I thought he did some nice things. I thought he was really impacted by Clint Capella. I, I thought the thing he did was they competed. That's what I liked from him. Whereas mm-hmm. they, in those moments, they've really kind of backed down. Because Clint Capella is one of the best, you know, defensive bigs in the NBA. That's what I liked more about Mark Williams was that he he didn't he wasn't afraid of the challenge. But there were some plays that I thought, like, you know, when the game was in the balance with Nick Richards on the floor, where I was like, I need you to make that play. I need you to grab that rebound. But the effort was there. That was my thing. They competed for 48 minutes. I'll tell you what, though, coming off the back of of that comment, man, I've grown to respect Clint Capella a lot. He's tough in the post. He might not have a jump shot to save his life. But he's tough. He's going to bow at all times. And then Jalen Johnson from Duke starting to make a name for himself in the NBA as well, man. Love Jalen Johnson coming out of the draft. He'll quit midway through, though, right? Uh, <laughs> that's the that's the thing about Jalen. Yes, that's a deep-cut ACC joke right there. If you don't know, Jalen Johnson did transfer quite a few times, I believe, in high school. Um, and then, of course, goes to Duke and then quits before the end of his uh, eligibility there. But... Jalen Johnson does look very good. And Hornets fans, because we love to live in our own misery, we we couldn't just celebrate a win without bringing up the fact that Jalen Johnson was indeed the draft selection that happened after Kai Jones. Mm. He was 20. Kai Jones was 19. And I believe Jalen Johnson got a second workout with the Hornets, if I'm not mistaken. Last Hornets thing before we move on, maybe compare Brandon Miller and Bryce Young. Copeland, the Jokeland. He said on Twitter and he, or on the text line, he said it a million times, by the way, bridges, we don't need no stinking bridges. Yeah, man, one game sample. I don't think you can make any sweeping statement about the season. 
or any individual player from one game. But Miles Bridges didn't play. They got the win. Brandon Miller looked good. What do you make of that comment? Is there any seriousness to take away from this comment? Um, Say the comment again, man, because my mind went completely blank after you said it, and I'm looking dead in your face. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Copeland wrote it on the text line. Miles Bridges? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We don't need no stinking right, Bridges. Uh, yeah, no, it is very interesting with Brandon Miller, the way he's come in and the poise that he's shown. And we heard guys talk about that uh, before and when we went to media day. And we heard Rogier and those guys saying it, talking about his IQ and how he is like a veteran already. And sometimes you hit up with rookies and then they get out there and play in the game and, and you don't necessarily see it. But with Brandon Miller, he had that great demeanor that you want, man. He, he seemed like a guy that was even killed no matter what happened, but he was hitting big shots. And I do think that this is a guy that showed you last night flashes of why he was the number two overall selection. And I do think if he does continue to play the way that he's playing, it's like, you know, do the Hornets need Miles Bridges, especially with everything else that he's bringing to the table? I would say no if this is what you're going to get from Miller. The thing about Brandon Miller is that I don't think he's going to make a ton of mistakes. I, I'm still worried about him putting the ball on the floor and creating for others. It, I, there were times where it seemed like the physicality hurt him, but, man, if he's going to hang out on the perimeter, he's going to be a sniper, and he's not going to – I've said it a million times, but he's not going to force the issue, which is excellent. Somebody that understands his role and then can build on that to where maybe he can be that all-star consistently, that superstar. It's going to help you get over Miles Bridges in these first 10 games. Here's the thing where that joke, maybe serious comment loses me. The depth still isn't phenomenal on this team. Yeah. You're still relying on JT Thor to come in, Nick Richards. I like the minutes we got from Teo Maladon. Just a solid backup point guard. I'll take all those minutes. Um, but Miles, what, Wes? Like... At worst, the third best offensive player on this yeah. team, and probably I mean, he has second. Guy that yeah, makes you more potent. So, but you're right; it certainly helps you, you know, tread water in the ten game suspension and even beyond. Yeah, if whatever happens with Miles Bridges. So here's Brandon Miller. We feel very good about what he did last night. The joke has been made a couple of times. The Carolina Panthers they went to Tuscaloosa to go get their franchise saving guys. They got Brandon Miller in the NBA draft. And before that, they got Bryce Young in the NFL draft. That's why you're that guy. Number one overall, number two. Why am I that guy? The transition? Great segue. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Man, Wes, I feel the love, man. <laughs> Great stuff here. What's big old kumbaya fest on Wes and Walker? <laughs> so with Brandon and Bryce, do we feel like the city is in good hands? One, having one game in the NBA, but a pretty damn good one delivering when it mattered. And it's a tough start for Bryce Young, but of course we know how the organization is as a whole. Interior pass protection is lacking a ton. The wide receivers, if it's not Adam Thielen, then it's nobody contributing. How do you feel about the quarterback and your archetype star player in the NBA that you drafted number two overall? Yeah, uh, you know, with Bryce Young, I feel like if you want to compare debuts, obviously Brandon Miller had the better debut as far as impact that he had on the game. But uh, I think you feel good about both of them at this point. I mean, Brandon Miller showed in summer league, he gave you some flashes. And then in the preseason, he gave you more flashes. And now last night, you start to see that some of the hype is real. The pedigree to be the number two pick is real. But with Bryce Young, I feel like you're getting to the same spot as well. We see improvements uh, week to week. And this is a guy that's not dealing with a supporting cast nearly as talented. We'll see if it transfers to wins than what Brandon Miller has because you watch Brandon Miller in preseason and summer league and you say, hey, when the other guys get out there, 
this is going to be a guy that you see improve and you're going to see him be more efficient to where Bryce Young, you know, he has to make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what. And so uh, with Bryce Young and Brandon Miller, I think you have to be happy with both with what you've seen so far. Well, and, and it goes what you said. It, it's along the same lines as Logo 704 writing in. The Hornets have everything around Brandon that the Panthers should have around Bryce. Think about the discourse surrounding the Panthers selecting Bryce Young number one overall. He could be dropped in that situation, and you'd feel great about it. Mm -hmm. Because this is a team that isn't technically the worst team from the previous year. They're trading up to go get their guy. In reality, they were like the eighth, ninth worst team in the NFL. But that flipped itself on his head. No, they might actually be the worst team in the NFL right now. At least the power rankings tell you that. At least the record tells you that. If you go to the Hornets, it's almost the opposite. Where everyone is telling you, this team is going to be the worst in the league. I saw one, you know, we can go to the ringer, Bill Simmons, notorious Hornets hater, taking the under on 31 and a half. You can go to power rankings. They got the Hornets as the 14th out of the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference. One of the worst in the entire NBA. But think about the responsibility for Brandon and Bryce. Brandon Miller, if we do the offensive hierarchy for the Hornets, where's Brandon? Yeah. Like fifth? Especially if you want to say Gordon Hayward's above him. Bryce Young, he plays the most important position in sports with that supporting cast. So very different situations that I still, even if Brandon showed you more in a debut Bryce Young, I still feel good enough about long-term. And Brandon, I do as well, even if Brandon has the better overall rookie season than your quarterback. I, both are going to be in different situations, and you can feel both. You can feel good about both of them in your own way. Yeah, I think so too. And so with uh, Bryce Young, that's a great point that you bring up as well, is that the franchise is on his back, and we talked about that uh, before when we were kind of previewing the season. We were saying that, uh, Brandon is in a advantageous situation. He's not being asked to come in and be the guy. He's not being asked to come in and be the franchise savior right away. Uh, he's looked at as the future, and he has a chance to uh, assimilate his way into the NBA slowly, coming off the bench, putting in work. Now, I did say he needs to take ownership of that second group and be that guy, whereas you look at a Bryce Young, and it's all on him from day one. Everybody's looking at him. All the pressure's on him, and if he doesn't work – People will be out of work if he doesn't work as a draft pick. Um, so here we are with the Houston Texans up next. So <laughs> Brandon Miller has a good game. Bryce Young, 0-6 start. Looking better as the season goes on, but still 0-6 is 0-6. And now you're going to face the other quarterback that you could have selected number one. And it's the QB that people are speculating. Frank Reich really wanted. That Josh McCown wanted to play basketball with. <laughs> Which, if you want to play basketball, that's a match made in heaven. This is love and basketball, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had Josh McCown. We'll play some 21 when you get back here. And now he's playing for Houston. <laughs> Thank you. And he's playing for Houston now and doing a very nice job. This game matters a lot, I think. And the reason I think it also matters, this is a winnable game. Houston's been playing well. All the love for what D'Amico Ryans and that staff is doing. All the love for what C.J. Stroud is able to do with that supporting cast. But... This is not an impossible game to win. If Bryce Young can come out victorious against C.J. Stroud, I think that's going to not salvage a bad start to the season by any means. 
But it would be nice to have something positive to talk about next it's week. It's definitely going to give him the ammo. I mean, you look at Houston right now, uh, 12th in offense, and a lot of people thought that the Panthers possibly could be in that type of uh, ranking at the beginning of the season, and I guess maybe before preseason, but people still chose to overlook that. But uh, 12th rated offense in the NFL, fourth best passing offense. He's got nine touchdowns to one interception. Uh, he's right around 60% as a passer. So C.J. Stroud's been everything Houston could have hoped for and more. And so that's the thing is that you get ammo if you are a Bryce Young fan. Not to necessarily say that Bryce is better if he outstats him and wins because I think also, too, that's going to be a part of it. Do you do you lose the game as the Panthers and Bryce doesn't look good and C.J. looks, it looks great? Or does Bryce win the game, but it's a more of a team effort, and then CJ kind of outstats him, and it's a nip and tuck game, and I think that'll play into it. But as far as I know, for and not to say Bryce Young is lacking the confidence by any stretch of the imagination, but I think as far as the fans of Bryce Young goes, I think it's going to be a nice feather in your cap to be able to say that hey, when he played CJ Stroud, he beat him, and you know he played just as good as he did or better, and I think that's going to be huge for. A public perception right now because a lot of people you get the should have drafted CJ Stroud storyline from so many people because of the way that he's playing not understanding just how nuanced the game is not understanding how situational everything is with coaching staff and things around him and not saying that the Texans by any stretch of the imagination nobody thought the Texans would be in this position and that's the thing that kills me too with a lot of fans is they're trying to say well look at what he's doing out there and this that and the third and it's like nah dog you didn't think for one second Houston was going to be in this position and not only has he been one of the reasons that they've been there, but also this is the eighth best scoring defense in all of the NFL. D'Amico Ryans, that was his MO, and he's come in and transformed that defense and gotten them uh, right, and that's that's a big help as well. And then CJ coming in, being the guy that he is, he's got young, talented receivers that are very fast, and they're those kind of matchup, dynamic guys that you look for, but nobody thought that this team was going to be uh, where they're at coming into this matchup. We thought this would be a battle of teams with probably two wins or less. Is it fair to say that this is the most pressurized game for him? Yeah, I think so, because I think just from a public perception standpoint, Bryce might not look at it that way, but I think a lot of fans do because this is the number one, number two picks of the draft. We know that in drafts like that, when you have those type of situations, all the first-round quarterbacks and all the quarterbacks in general are going to be uh, linked together for the rest of their careers because y'all is going to have a guy from the late rounds that comes in and does well. But especially when you're talking one, two, and guys taking in the top five, you're always going to be linked. And this is the first matchup of many for these two. But I think that uh, for sure this is going to be a, a pressurized matchup for him because Stroud is coming in with all of the gas right now. And so if you're Bryce, you, you can't like that and you want to feel that you're the better man. All right, before we get to Wes's ACC QB power rankings, it's time now for the first Fitty Flash of the day. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Wow. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows in the Charlotte sports scene last night. A yeah. Charlotte FC's playoff run came to a uh, an end after a 5-2 defeat to the New York Red Bulls. Listen to the post game on my way home, and Willie P sounded more defeated than this kid I beat in Madden at the dentist's office, 59 to nothing. 
after a 5-2 defeat for the crown. Nonetheless, I'm going to sign up for that, Dennis. <laughs> nonetheless, a spectacular season. They made the postseason. A lot to learn from, a lot to grow from this year. But uh, their playoff run came and went, kind of like a Hornets play-in uh, game a few years ago. I will make the joke. <laughs> it's there to be made. Yeah, I, I mean, it. yeah. As much as you wanted to feel good about what they were able to do, that's embarrassing to get smashed like that in a play-in game. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, well, and yeah, it, it felt like a Hornets play-in game, Was right? James Borrego on the sidelines? There you go. That's the joke. <laughs> boom, boom. Was James Borrego coaching Charlotte FC last night? Um, I'm sorry, JB. I'm he's, sorry. he's in New Orleans. No, it's unfortunate. I, I hate it for Willie P and, and Jess, who didn't get to have that moment of moving on in the postseason. Scored a couple goals, like, Tried to make it something. I think it was 4-2. Every time Charlotte would even score a goal, New York would score a goal right after that. Just say, nah, we're, we're not going to do this whole drama thing. It's going to be over. You're going to sit there. You're going to take it. You're going to go home, and you're going to move on. So that's what, what it, that's what it is with New York playing in this postseason game against Charlotte FC. Good season, though. At least the first ever postseason experience for this team in their two-year existence. Wes's ACC QB Power Rankings. Lots of movement. Get ready. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What a busy day, not only for Wes and Walker, not only for Wes Bryant individually, working for the ACC Digital Network as well, but all of WFNZ. Big shout to Willie P., Jess Charman, calling the Charlotte FC playoff game. Big shout to Kyle, holding it down at the Spectrum Center, doing not only the pregame show, but his own show from 3 to 6 at the Spectrum Center. T-Bone also helping out as well. And a big shout to Mac, who is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Big Mac. And the birthday month. Poor Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. There's some times where I don't know we have those sounders. Yes, happy birthday, the happy birthday month to both Mac and Bone. And real quickly, uh, we were talking about ACC tip-off stories. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious that you brought up Jeff Capel, coach of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. assistant coach of Duke a while back. Mm-hmm. You asked him what his favorite basketball movie was? Yeah, we had a social area in our room, and our social media coordinator had a list of different questions, and she asked, greatest basketball movie of all time. How did Jeff Capel answer it? He said, uh, (laughs) we had similar tastes, obviously. He said he got game, and uh, Blue Chips were his favorite. And when he talked about Blue Chips, he said how, you know, he talked about the moral aspects and uh, of Coach <laughs> Pete Bell and how he had to do things he didn't want to do because he needed to win and how at the end it just all culminated in him quitting because he just couldn't take what he had done 
to be able to get certain <laughs> recruits. And so you know some of the big-time recruits that he brought in while at Duke and different stuff like that. And so I was just like, I'm sure he had scenarios like what was oh, no. when he had to get some of those top-flight players to come to Duke. Did he give you an elbow nudge and a wink when he was saying Well, <laughs> I was sitting down watching, and then he was up there uh, doing his thing, but – no, he just he just uh, said what he said. I love that. That's a great takeaway from ACC tip-off. <laughs> All right, I don't want to waste any more time, though. we got to get to it. It could be a big old week, and we're about to experience it right now in Wes Bryant's ACC QB Power Rankings. Yes. Lead us off to number five, Wes. All right, as always, you can check this out on the ACCDN, the ACC Digital Network, not the ACC Network on all platforms. We're not a part of the linear ESPN network. All right. Starting off at number five, a new entry. And this boy, I'm telling you, get used to hearing this name because I think he's going to be a big name in the transfer portal. Not necessarily if he gets in there, but teams wanting him. But this is one of the best players you hadn't heard about yet. Thomas Castellanos of Boston College. I've been waiting to kind of put him in there, but Boston College is starting to surge a little bit. But this guy is one of four quarterbacks in college football with 1,000-plus passing yards and 500-plus rushing yards, and he is the only quarterback in Power 5 with multiple 100-yard games. He's not the biggest guy, but he can fly around that football field. He gave Florida State pure hell. He's got a live arm. He is a player, and I think that Boston College is definitely going to have to pony up the dough to keep this young man because I think a lot of major programs are going to come after him when the season ends. Welcome Boston College for the first time in yeah. the ACC QB Power Rankings. Who mm-hmm. comes in at number four, Wes? Number four, Haynes King, man. He's still hanging in there. The fifth ACC player since the year 2000 with at least 1,600 passing yards, 200 rushing yards, and 15 touchdown passes on the season, man. So he's kind of having a little bit of a historical season in Atlanta, even though their record may not reflect that. Was number five last week, so moves up to number four, if I'm not mistaken? Number four, yeah. All right, so moving up the chain, what about number three? Number three is Jack Plummer from Louisville. All right, so Tyler Van Dyke took a tumble because the last couple of weeks – uh, the interceptions have been there. He missed all of last week's game with injury, so uh, had to get him out of there. And maybe when he comes back, he'll get back in. But as far as Jack Plummer's concerned, uh, his 14.4 yards per completion, that's 13th uh, in the nation, and he's thrown for at least 240 yards and a touchdown in six of his first seven games at Louisville. All right, so after last week, we end this segment with celebration as we go to break <laughs> because Drake May was the number one quarterback in the power rankings. Uh-huh. I have a feeling we are not going to be hearing that song again. You well, tell me, Wes. Well, uh, you know, a large part of my equation is uh, do you win, okay? And when you lose to a one-and-five football team bad at home and you throw 50%, uh, yeah, you're going to take a little bit of a drop, man, when you're supposed to be that guy, okay? But to give him some superlatives, he has thrown for 200-plus yards in all seven of his games this year and in all 21 games as a starter. That's pretty impressive. And he has a 195.6 passer rating when North Carolina is trailing, uh, which is also very electric. But I thought it was quite ironic with that stat being the fact that they were trailing against Virginia. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't able to bring them back to victory. I will say this. The third and 12 should have been completed, but also not his best game. 50% completion percentage is not going to do it. 
not going to have any quarrels with you, sir. All right. Especially with this number one pick going up here. I know who it's going to be. Tell the people and uh, let's go ahead and get rid of the uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, he's still holding it down at number one. He's back in his spot. He's only been out of the number one spot for one week. Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Knows are still undefeated. Got a big win at home against Duke in that defense. Only ACC player with 15 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns uh, in 2023. And he's accounted for multiple touchdowns in 14 consecutive games. That's the longest streak in the nation as far as active players. Big rushing game for him, too. In fact, his largest rushing total of the season against a defense like Duke. 60 yards rushing for Jordan Travis on 10 carries. Did have that touchdown, as you mentioned, the long 20-yard rush as well. So Jordan Travis putting together a nice game against a defense that Duke has. Yeah, I actually saw uh, this guy, and I'm starting to really enjoy his material on Twitter, uh, first-round mock. He was a former scout for the Jets, but he said that Jordan Travis, he said that he was the most like uh, Patrick Mahomes out of any other quarterbacks in this class. And I thought that that was very interesting in the things that he said. He talked about how he throws on the run and different things like that. One thing I will say about Travis to give him his credit is he's improved immensely from the time that yeah. he started uh, at Florida State, man. He's really come a long way, and I definitely think he's played his way into a first-round, no later than second-round prospect. Uh, yeah, threw his second interception on the season in this past game, but had enough yardage, of course, and the win to get over it. And so 15 touchdown passes, two INTs from the starting quarterback of Florida State. That'll do it for the power rankings. No uh, cool in the gang today, or what? What are we doing? No, we don't celebrate Jordan Travis here. <laughs> what are you talking about? You We're know? not celebrating that. Yeah. Um, let's continue to talk about college athletics. What about Drake May? He moves down to two in the power rankings. Does he move down on the Heisman campaign run? We'll talk about that. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.